A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. He konai purangi tēnei nā te reo irirangi o Aotearoa. Yeah, I'm back here with the eggs again. We have two eggs that are externally pipped, so that means hatching's imminent within the next day or two. So we've got Nora 2, who will probably hatch today. Nora 1 hatched yesterday. And Rakiura 1, who's really raced ahead. So we've just moved them to their hatching incubators. And we've just got them each in their own little margarine container. And we have some amount of eggs and <laughs> um, all the rest of the incubators. Hello, nā mihi. Alison Balance here with Voice of the Kākāpō. In this audio adventure following the bumpy bumper breeding season of New Zealand's extraordinary night parrot, we are up to part six, Kākāpō chicks. And as well as our usual guides, Daryl Eason and Deidre Verko from the Department of Conservation, we're going to be joined by wildlife experts Catherine and Alyssa and James. So these three little guys are, are about 48 hours old, so they're just less than 30 grams. Roughly these guys are getting 60 to 70% of their body weight every day, so it's an enormous amount of food they require when, when they're this young. And so they get that in eight to ten feeds a day. They need to beg and, and do all these movements to build up their muscles and grow properly. Quite often accompany it with a, an imitation of the sound of the mother as we're feeding and, and doing the, the begging stimulation. And that sometimes gets the chicks really going for it, which just helps the feeding process. Just have the sheer number of eggs we've never had before. Yeah, it's like when your Christmas has come up once. And you always know that there's going to be a high proportion that aren't going to hatch. So just the numbers alone meant that there was going to be good numbers of chicks in the long run. Yeah, that was thrilling. It's Deidre here and I'm at Hoo Hunter's Nest Tent and I've got a little Hoo Hunter chick with me. It's Hoo Hunter 2A. It's 10 o'clock at night and Hoo Hunter 2A arrived at the tent with me at 9 o'clock and I brought Hoo Hunter 2A up in a little polystyrene box with a heat pad and we're just waiting for Hoo Hunter, the mother, to get off the nest so that I can go put the chick in the nest. And you can hear that lovely begging. She's had a great feed. She's all toasty in her full of styrene box. It's a pretty cold night tonight. I'm cold in the tent. I've got my sleeping bag out. Yeah, so I'm just waiting for, for mum to get off. And then we'll put this wee chick into the nest. And, and hopefully Hoo Hana will come home 
pleasantly surprised to see it be reunited with her wee baby and we'll feed it for the rest of the night and I'll stay here for the night and just keep an eye on things so I'm pretty excited about tonight really. this is pretty cool It's a chick calling from inside its egg. And I can feel it vibrating inside my hand as well, just through the eggshell. You can just see a little hole on the top of the shell, and it just has that hole for about a day, a day and a half. They have a little, a little tooth on the end of their beak, the tip of their beak. And they just chip around and it's just like a can opener from the inside really. And they push on the shell with their feet and turn inside the egg and they always turn anti-clockwise. And once it's almost chipped all the way around they'll just give big pushes with their feet and flip the lid off. And out they pop. It takes half an hour to an hour. freshly hatched. I think they're beautiful but they're very very pink and very wet and all of their down that will fluff up is all stuck to them so you get a very good look at what a kakapo looks like without any feathers. <laughs> yeah then we'll let him or her have a, a bit of a rest for quite a few hours just to settle and dry and then when we come and see them later on they should be a much fluffier chick than what we're seeing right now. Well, it's just past midnight, still in Huhana's nest tent, uh, waiting for Huhana to get off her nest. She's still sitting tight on her nest and little Huhana 2A is still with me. We've just had a midnight feed. This little chick's been really, really well. Hopefully Huhana will get off the nest soon and I'll be able to take this little chick and put it into the nest. So she's currently sitting on a dummy egg and yeah, I guess she'll think that egg's hatched and she's got this lovely little fluffy chick when she comes back. Right, I better put the lid of this little polystyrene box back on and let this chick have some more sleep. And me too. In order to tell the difference between these little fluffy white balls of kakapo, we use a little bit of nail polish on the end of the feathers and that helps us visually ID them when they're in the incubator. The amount of food we give each one depends on its body weight and obviously that's really variable so it's important we keep track of who's who. Well number six hatched last night quite late. About to have his first, first meal of his life. Probably at some point tomorrow he'll end up with with the others and we'll try and put him in with some friends so we'll have two groups of three and that'll create some space before the next two eggs hatch. It's certainly ramping up. Just seeing those, those little chicks and, and watching them hatch uh, can be fantastic or it can be horrifying if things aren't going well. So it really depends on, on the health of the chicks as to how that feels. Oh, wow, for they've just been a bit lacklustre the whole time. 
and been giving it some extra glucose solution yesterday but it's still not picking up and this morning still looking okay but not feeding very well and now he's just stopped processing the food that was given to it at eight o'clock yeah the others have just all been so strong from from hatch you know you see them a couple of hours after hatch and they're begging like crazy but this one's just never really got off the ground really yeah I'm just sitting in Huhana's nest tent watching Huhana on the screen of my monitor in the nest with her chick. Uh, I think it's going okay. So Huhana left at four o'clock in the morning and appeared to go in the direction of her food station. So I quickly got my boots on and ran up to her nest with little Huhana too in its polystyrene box. And at about half past four, 20 to five, Huhana's walked in. And I'm watching her on the screen now. There's a lot of movement going on. She's obviously getting used to this new chick in her nest, but she hopefully knows what she's doing. And every now and then she settles down into a very broody position uh, and then she'll get back up again and fuss around underneath her. So now it's just a game of wait and see, wait and see how Huhana and her chick go over the next 24 hours really, and hopefully all is well. Yeah, unfortunately uh, that chick has died this afternoon, so despite all the treatment we've been giving it through the day, not unexpectedly, but it has just passed away. That's really sad, it was only 36 hours old, and I think also this season, because it's such an amazingly big season and we're going to have 50 or perhaps more chicks, we would anticipate several deaths, both when they're very young and for the first year. So although we're all very excited to see all the live healthy chicks, we all have to kind of emotionally prepare ourselves that a few of them aren't going to make it despite all our best attempts. We lost a number of chicks when they were very young. I remember one particular chick on Anchor Island that died at three days of age, and it was a you know it was a really harrowing few days just seeing it slip away and trying to do what you could. That's nature, I suppose, and we try very very hard with those chicks to make sure we're doing everything we can, but you can't save them all. But often, um, you know, you have to then focus on, on the chicks that are alive and making sure that, that you're doing the best there as well. So it was just a rolling front, really, of, of chicks hatching and getting those chicks out to mothers in the nest is really, really rewarding and, and wonderful thing to do. I'm pretty sure that I just saw Huhana feeding her chick, which is really cool and a huge relief. I was a bit worried when she first came in that she was being a bit rough, but I think she's got her beak on the little chick's beak and, and there's a lot of kind of movement activity of the chick, chick's wings at the same time so that's a pretty good feeding sign. Let's hope that this is going well. I thought you might like to know some numbers from the 2019 Kākāpō breeding season. 252 eggs were laid isn't that a lot, over three months starting on Christmas Day 2018. They began hatching at the end of January when Kohi Tatia became the earliest kākāpō chick ever to hatch. It would go on to become the longest kākāpō breeding season on record. 
the last chick to hatch, on the 20th of April 2019, was Stella's chick, Manawanui. This has been Voice of the Kākāpō from RNZ. I'm Alison Balance and I recorded and produced the show. Phil Benj mixed it. A big thanks to the Kākāpō recovery team at the Department of Conservation, especially Deirdre Verko and Daryl Eason. A big thanks too to Alyssa Sultan from Orana Wildlife Park and James Chatterton and Catherine Franciscan from Auckland Zoo. You can find us, RNZ, Voice of the Kākāpō, wherever you listen to podcasts and at rnz.co.nz slash kākāpō. Bye for now. Kia paitora. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.